Love that song. Well, it's uh, great to be together this morning. You know, I'm excited to share with you guys this morning. Um, the, the title of the lesson is The Danger of Being Comfortable. You know, uh, just, just to be a little open with you guys. You ever have, the, you ever go through those times where you just do some heart searching? Where you just like, like start looking inside a little bit. You know, I go through that every now and then. It, it, it takes a lot of work. I'm not an emotional uh, person when it comes to like looking at my own heart. It takes a lot of digging. Um, but I've been doing that. And guys, I'm okay. Just so you know, I'm not, I'm not walking away from God. I love God with all my heart. I'm doing very well spiritually. But like, but there's a few things that I realized about myself. And I wanted to share a couple of them with you guys because I think it might help everybody. You know, one of the things I've noticed is as my responsibilities have gotten greater, you know, as my family is getting bigger, you know, my wife and I are pregnant with our first child. He's due at the end of this year. And uh, I'm so excited for that. But I've started to desire comfort more through the whole process. And you're going to laugh, but the way this all came out was this past week, I, you know, like it really kind of came to a head. We were, we're, we're, we're trying to get our nursery ready. Okay, we live in a two-bedroom apartment. And then the, we have, my wife and I have our room, and the other room is an office, and now it's going to be an office-slash-baby room. And so, you know, it takes a little finagling, you know, it's going to be a packed room, but we're trying to make it into a nursery-slash-office. And my wife has been on Pinterest all over the place. She's got a bunch of great ideas. But we got to the topic of chairs. Now, I'm a 33-year-old man, and I have never shopped for, like, nice chairs before. Um, I did not know that there were so many options, lazy boys and, you know, like, you know, the, the, the nursery chair, like there's things like there's different levels of padding in the chair. There's different colors. Does it swivel? Does it rock? Does it glide? Does it do all three of them? Does it lean back? Does it lean forward? Does it have the footrest or not? You know, I mean, there's so many options and then there, you know, there, the range, $150 to 600, 700 and on up. And then, uh, and then you, you, you find the ones that are in your price range, and, and you know, so we go check the reviews on those. And for the most part, the reviews are pretty good. But the one complaint, other than it arrived broken, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the number one complaint that I see. But the next complaint that I see is it's not comfortable. It lost its padding. And... It was just, it just I kind of got mad about that for some reason. And I think it's just because I've been doing some heart searching. But I was like, what happened to just good old-fashioned wooden rocking chairs with a seat cushion in it? I mean, that's what my grandparents had. I think we had one at our house at my mom's front porch. That's what she has. Like, what happened to that stuff? You go to the nurseries, and they, they got some high-tech stuff. And it, and it is comfortable. Now, I'm not worried about the comfort of a nice chair for myself. I am for my wife. But what it is, is the comfort of having the bigger place. Or the comfort of just making sure all my finances are in order before the sun arrives. You know, I love sleep. Oh, yeah. And I know for a fact 
that that's going to be a challenge when he arrives. Like, I'm ready for it. I mean, and I'm not complaining because I'm so excited to be a dad. It's something I've been praying for for so long. But I know that I'm going to be stretched in that arena. You know, it got me thinking a little bit. You know, and this, like I said, I think some of you might be able to relate to this is I have been desiring comfort. You know, in, in, a, in a small way, I feel like I, I lost a little bit of the grateful heart. And I'm like, and I need to get it back because there's one thing that I know. And this is my only point. One thing that I know is that being comfortable is a very dangerous place to be. Being comfortable is a very dangerous place to be. It's like being on autopilot or operating on default mode all the time. I read a quote. It said, comfort can be a dangerous thing. You stick around home all the time where it's safe and nothing ever changes. And before you know it, you get set in your ways and you quit learning. You quit changing and you don't grow anymore. I want to ask the church this morning. Have you grown comfortable in your Christianity? Have you grown comfortable with your walk with God? Or is your daily routine just one of comfort? Maybe you're like, it's not that comfortable, Aaron, but I desire it so bad. I just want it to be easy. You know, we're going to read a passage this morning. And uh, this passage, it's a scary passage. I just want to warn you. It's a very scary passage. Uh, In some ways, I'm a little nervous to preach it, but I'm excited because I feel like this is the word that God's put on my heart. And um, but it got me thinking. It actually made me feel a little troubled when I read this passage. When I when I went back to this, this is a passage that many of us has re- have read before in Revelation chapter three. And a lot of moms, because I think you guys know where I'm going. <laughs> Revelation chapter three. Verse 14. Jesus is talking to a church in a city called Laodicea. And he said to the angel of the church, did I say verse 14? Chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you're either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I just want to stop there. You know, I'm not going to get into like the geography or or all the, the crazy details of this passage. Not that that's all bad things. Those are really good things to know. But sometimes we can get so focused on those type of details that we actually lose the main point of the passage. We lose sight of what the passage is saying. It's pretty simple. Jesus is saying to this church in Laodicea, he's like, hey, you're not hot. You're not cold. You're just kind of lukewarm. You're just kind of casual about me. And I feel like spitting you out of my mouth. He said, it makes me gag. It's like it's not like a hot, nice hot cup of coffee. It's not like a, a nice iced white mocha. It's like that random, like 
like that lukewarm cup of coffee that you drink by accident, and you're like, ugh, that was disgusting. That's what Jesus thinks about someone who's lukewarm. He says, because you're not fired up about me, because you're not fired up about your Christianity, it makes me gag. It's a tough passage. If you keep reading verse 17, you know, a lot of the reason why this church in Laodicea was lukewarm is because they were rich. In verse 17, it says, you say, I am rich. I have acquired great wealth and I don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. You know, we've heard it said, you know, like money does weird things to people. You ever heard that? You ever heard this one? Money has done weird things to me. You just don't hear that one. We've heard the other way around. And guys, we need to make no sense about make no mistake about it. We are all very rich. Just so you know, we are all very rich. Like you know that half of the world of the 7 billion, I think it's almost 7 billion now, or maybe it's over 7 approaching 8. Half of the world, over half of the world lives on $2.50 a day. So even you high school students, college students, you know, like, oh, I'm making $8 an hour minimum wage. Your one hour worth of work would pay for somebody for four days. Pay for over half the world for four days and one hour's worth of work. $2.50. I got $2.50. This is what half the world makes, right? <laughs> you know what's funny is they flinched. I won't throw the quarters. Oh, they're excited. There we go. There we go. Who wants the... the Oh, no, wait, okay. <laughs> She's like, whoa, watch out for the dollar bill. <laughs> you know, we laugh. But, like, do you realize that if half the world was here, they would be like, that was crazy. That was what I needed today. I bet it's still on the floor somewhere. You know, it might have been different if I had thrown out a hundy. Because you're like, okay, that's a day's wages for, for some of you. Some of you, it's an hour's wages. This college student's like, whoa. Yeah, you need to graduate so you can get a good job so you can make $100 an hour. Half the world would look at me like I'm crazy for doing that. And for us, we're like, eh, 
that, that doesn't even get me something on the value meal because of tax. And guys, hear me when I say this. Money, time, the good job. First of all, it's not all bad. But it leads to comfort. And being comfortable is very dangerous. It creates this sense of security where suddenly you're just not a needy person anymore. I mean, no one would look at somebody that lives in Santa Clarita Valley or comes to the Santa Clarita Valley Church of Christ and say, now that is a needy group of people. I mean, no one would really say that, especially half the world would not look at us and say, well, you guys are needy. I mean, most of us have a, a house, you know, multiple outfits to choose from, uh, you know, like two cars, you know, uh, you know, like that's just where we're at. You know, when's the last time you, you had to depend on God for food? Or for a place to sleep or for clothes to wear or like when you were just living on the edge with God and you're, you're like the only place you could look was up and say, God, if you don't come through today, I don't think I'm going to make it. Guys, like, I mean, that's what this church was going through. And this passage is challenging because this is kind of the society that we live in. It's the it's, it's not just Santa Clarita. I don't want you to feel bad for being born in America. Okay. But we need to acknowledge that it creates a, an obstacle for us because it makes you comfortable. And being comfortable is very dangerous for the heart. I want to ask you, are you on fire for God right now? Do you see your need for him more than you see your need for anything else? You know, we, we heard a sermon a few weeks ago about a guy that like sold everything he had to buy that field because of the treasure that was in the field. And it was compared to the kingdom of God. Do you see it like that? It was like, you know what? Like, I've got the I've got the kingdom of God right here. All this other stuff is worthless. How is your desire for comfort? You want to talk to the students really quick. I love students. You guys take up like the first four rows here on each side. Um, you know, because I think students like this is one of those messages where like, Aaron, I'm just not comfortable. I'm going to school. I'm doing something I don't want to do. I want to ask you, why are you going to school? Because this is the mentality. Most students go to school so they can get the good job, so they can get married so that they can be comfortable. Where's the mentality of, you know what? I want to go to the best college so that I can reach out and help, in, help the influential know Christ. Where's the mentality of, I want to get a good job so that I can make a lot of money, so that I can give so much more. Students, I want to ask you, like, do you desire comfort? Maybe you're not comfortable right now, but do you desire comfort? You see, my concern would be that if I were to just take a poll of the church, I think if we were to just all take a silent poll, I, I bet there's a lot of us here that if we were really honest, we would say, yeah, you know, like, am I on fire for God or am I lukewarm? I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm. Now, we have, I, I love our church. 
I love the Santa Cruz Valley Church of Christ. It's an amazing church. The church congregation here is giving. It's sacrificial. They, everybody here excels at serving. Um, it's a loving church, a, a family-oriented church. I mean, the, and the list just goes on. But we're not, I'm not asking you to evaluate the church. I'm asking you to evaluate yourself and who's in the church. Yourself, who is in the church. I'm asking you to say, like, is my walk with God, am I fired up about my walk with God or am I just lukewarm? My prayer life, is it on fire? My Bible study, is it on fire? Am I just lukewarm right now? What about your pride or your purity? Yeah, you, you know, your love for the church family or your love for the lost. Are you fired up? Or are you just kind of lukewarm about those areas? Have you grown lukewarm in the acts of giving and serving and, and, and loving? Have you grown lukewarm in dealing with the sin in your life? Where just, it's just not as serious to you anymore. Guys, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with some of your heart. No. With most of your heart. No. He said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. He doesn't leave lukewarm as an option. You know, but I think a lot of us would say, maybe not my whole life is lukewarm, but this area I'm lukewarm. Or this area I'm lukewarm. And it's easy to get there. It doesn't matter if you're in the ministry, if you're a Bible talk leader, or if this is your third time coming to church, it is easy to get lukewarm. And I think a lot of it is just because of the society we live in, because it's Everybody wants comfort. You know, what concerns me more is that some would say, yeah, I'm lukewarm. I, I, I want the comfortable life. You might even talk about it. You might even get open about it a little and you would walk out and do nothing about it. That's concerning. And the thing that concerns me most, and this is the kicker because I think a lot of a lot of us, and maybe some here in this room live here, is that some will say, I'm lukewarm. I know that I'm lukewarm. And I want to be lukewarm. They've actually planned their life that way. They're like, I have enough God in my life. You know, it's almost like you don't even want to be on fire for God. It's like, you know, I, I like God. You know, I'll take a little bit of God. God's really good. I think God's good for my family. God's going to teach my kids how to have good morals and to be a great servant. Um, but I feel like I've got enough God. I don't have a big enough house. I don't have a nicer enough car. I don't have enough stuff. Uh, you know, I need more of those things, but I've got enough God. It's crazy because you're not only lukewarm, but that's the goal. It's like you're lukewarm. And you're loving it. It's a scary place to be. Guys, this is a crazy, scary passage. Because it's like, what does lukewarm equal? Lukewarm equals spit out. That's what it equals. 
And, you know, we can say it's like, well, well, you know, Aaron, like, what does what does spit out actually mean? Like, can you can you explain that one? What does spit out mean? And it's like, do I really need to? It comes from the Greek word for. You know, that's sometimes what we, that we're like, let me justify, let me, let, me, let me dig a little deeper. Let me buy a book this thick on that one passage to, to justify the way that I feel. Guys, look at the words he uses. Spit out, wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Those aren't words that you would use for a believer. I once was blind, but now I'm blind. You know, it's like... Guys, my concern is that some here today would see themselves as lukewarm. They talk about it because that's what we do. We talk about it. We're like, yeah, are you lukewarm? Yeah, I'm lukewarm. You lukewarm, bro? Yeah, me too. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, what are we going to do? I don't know. You know, pray for me. Okay, I'll pray for you. And that's it. You might pray about it. That's awesome. They'll leave here today acknowledging that you're lukewarm, but you'll do nothing about it. You know, I'm sitting here saying, what else is there? Like, are you just going to be comfortable with being lukewarm if that's where you're at? Comfortable with being comfortable? Even if it means you could be spit out? I mean, what I'm saying is like when you get this, when, when this one really resonates, and this is, the, this is what I've been really wrestling with and going after, when this one really resonates, you stop everything until you figure this out. Like you should be on your knees praying and pleading with God. Like you shouldn't even eat again until you figure this out. That's how important I think it is. Where you're like just praying to God, like, God, get me on fire for you. God, I need to need to. God, I want to want to get me on fire for you. I want to see you more. I want to, I want to value you so much more than all this other stuff. God, I can't be comfortable. Get me on fire for you. I was like, it should be that serious. Like, you're like, you know, don't even go to work tomorrow if you're lukewarm right now. Till you figure it out. I'm not telling you not to go to work, but you know what I mean. (laughs) It's like sell what you need to sell. Do whatever it takes. Because, guys, you can't end your life lukewarm. You know, this is a tough passage. But you ever wonder why Jesus' words are so tough here? He, He tells us in verse 19 says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
You know, Jesus says, hey, I'm saying this because I love you. I don't want to spit you out. I'll rebuke you because I love you. I'll, I'll make you feel the discipline because I love you. I'll have things happen in your life to get your attention because right now you're lukewarm and I need you on fire for me. You know, guys, I am grateful for the extra responsibility now. Being, for being stretched, for being just called to a higher standard in my maturity. You know, I, I look at like the prospect of being a dad and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. I mean, I know there's books that you can read, but really, you don't know what you're doing until you're there. That's all I hear from everybody. And it's awesome and it's scary and it makes me feel uncomfortable. And you know what? That's exactly where God wants me to be. That's where God wants you to be. It's a little uncomfortable. Living life on the edge a little bit. You know, it makes me seek God more and more. Because I don't want to be lukewarm. You know, I love this. It says, to him who overcomes. If you get this, if you make this change, if you are on fire for me, I will give you the right to sit on my throne. You know, I thought about it. I was like, you know, we got bucket lists. I was like, you know what the last item on my bucket list is? Get to heaven and be like, Jesus, can I sit on the chair? That's what you said, Jesus. I can sit on your chair. Just one time. I'm not even worthy. I know it. But can, can I just feel it? Can I just sit on the chair? I wouldn't ask if you didn't tell me that I could. But what's on your bucket list? Do you want to sit on the throne with Jesus? He says, you got to be on fire for me. You know, so what do you do? You know, some of you right now, you're, you're thinking to yourself like, yeah, I know the area. I have that one area. I need to change it. I need to get on fire. In that one area, I need to make that change. I need to make that change. That's the one area that's stopping me from being on fire for God. But if you're here and you don't know what to do, I got I got a couple practicals. I know we like practicals. I got four practicals actually. First practical is if you're lukewarm right now, give to the poor. You don't have to turn there, but in your notes, write down Luke chapter 18 and Luke chapter 19. And that's going to be the homework. If this is your struggle, go back and read both of those chapters. Because there's two stories in there that are very important for us. You got a story of a rich guy that comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, hey, you've done all these things, but you lack one thing. Go sell everything and give it to the poor. And the guy turned away and went away sad. And then Jesus turned to everybody, and in a nutshell, he says, Guys, like, it is impossible by the power of man for the rich to make it into heaven. It's impossible. He says, But with God, all things are possible. 
And then in Luke chapter 19, they're walking into Jericho and this guy named Zacchaeus comes up. He hears that Jesus is, is coming to town and he's a short dude. And so he climbs up this tree and then he, he's looking to see Jesus and Jesus walks right up to the tree and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go eat with you today. And everybody started mocking this situation and Zacchaeus came down. You know, I just picture this like Danny DeVito dude. Like that's, I don't know why that's the vision I get, but that's what I, that's what I get. He comes down and he's like, Lord, you know what? Look, look at this, Lord. I'm going to sell half of everything I get and I'm going to give it to the poor. And then if I've wronged anyone, I'm going to pay them back four times. And Jesus says, Hey, today salvation has come to this house. He says, you see, it is possible for the rich to make it. Everything's possible with God. If you're lukewarm this morning, take the challenge and go give to the poor. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's just some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But go give to the poor. It does wonders for the heart. Don't wait for the church to set up an opportunity to give. There's going to be plenty of opportunities this Christmas. Leave today, go buy some bread, put some peanut butter and jelly on it, and go hand it out. Go give to the poor. The next practical, practical I have is draw comfort from the Word of God. You know, if you're going to draw comfort from anything, it should be the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 52 It reads, I remember your ancient laws, O Lord, and I find comfort in them. You know, how's the Bible study going? Are you, do, you, do you draw comfort from the Word of God? Does it inspire you throughout the day? Does it bring you peace in times of trouble? You know, if you're here this morning and you're like just starting to study the Bible. Like, have you really drawn comfort from the promises of God? The one where God says, I am worth everything. So that one thing that you're having a hard time giving up or maybe more than one thing. I want to challenge you, draw comfort from the promises of God when he says like, hey, I am worth it all. I'm worth selling everything you have, giving everything up and buying that, that, that field because it's got the treasure in it. That's what the word of God says. I promise you that one thing that you're holding on to will never equal the kingdom of God. Draw comfort from the word of God. The third practical is draw comfort from the love of God. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
you know, if you're going to draw comfort from the love of God, one thing that I think helps is focus on the cross every day. Ten minutes on a Sunday, once a week, isn't good enough. Focus on what God did in your life. I find that any time that I'm, I'm, I'm going, going, getting off path, it's normally because I've taken my focus off this one area. This is the area that does it for me. When I get back to the cross, when I realize, man, like I was a bad person. And he still died for me. In fact, he died for every bad person, for every good person. Like, and he did it willingly, lovingly. I'm like, you know, I can draw comfort from that, that I serve a God like that, that loves me so much that he died for my sins just so I can go sit on his throne with him so he can share the throne with me. But he says, hey, I need you to be fired up for me, though. I need you to be fired up. I don't want to spit you out. I need you to be fired up. You know, the last thing is just pray. If, you're, if you just lost that fire, get on your knees today and pray. Ask God to do a couple things. Ask him, like, i got a few things you can ask. Is like, ask God to say, say, God, reveal to me in the area, reveal to me the areas that I'm lukewarm in. God, please reveal those areas. I promise you he will. I promise you. He'll show you. You can ask God, God, give me the strength in the areas that I'm weakest in. Give me the strength to overcome these. And then if you're really daring, if you're really daring, don't pray this prayer unless you're ready to pray this prayer. It says, God, I want you to do whatever it takes to get me on fire for you. Be careful with that one. Be ready with that one. Guys, being comfortable is a very dangerous place to be. I want to challenge everyone this morning to take the challenge, to reflect a little bit. Don't leave this, this room today. If you're lukewarm, don't leave this room without making a decision to get on fire for God. And then do whatever it takes to get on fire for God. Because it's that important. There's a reason why Jesus chose the words that he chose. I'm going to close this right now in a prayer. But before I pray, I want to just give it a moment of silence and let everybody just pray on your own for about a minute. And then I'll jump in and close this in a prayer. And then we're going to have the band come up and they're going to close this in our worship service. God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for all that you give us. Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways. But Lord, I pray 
that we can't that we don't take advantage of those blessings that we're so grateful for them that we use every bit of what you've given us to honor you and lord that we don't draw comfort from those things but lord that we draw comfort from you that you are all our main source of energy that your promises direct us, that your word directs us, that, that we feel this comfort to be close to you. And God, I pray that you light a fire under us. Help us to be men and women that are just on fire for you, that when, when we leave here today, that people see something different in our lives as we go to our workplaces or schools. God, that, that, that the fire is noticeable. God, I pray that you're with everyone here. Help your word to to not fall on deaf ears, but help it, God, to to fall on open and humble and hearts that are willing to change. God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We love you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.